How new guidance from FinCEN regarding marijuana-related businesses will impact banking institutions remains to be seen. But anti-money laundering expert Kevin Sullivan says violations to the Bank Secrecy Act have to remain a top priority as the financial services industry works to fully wrap its arms around emerging marijuana businesses and the roles they play in the overall economy. Hi, I'm Tracy Kent with Information Security Media Group. Kevin, you've noted that up until recently, banking institutions had simply avoided any involvement or relationship with even legal marijuana-related businesses. Why has that been the case? Well, uh, up until recently, uh, financial institutions were refraining from entering into a relationship with any type of marijuana-related business, as that type of action could technically violate federal narcotic laws, and as such, any funds derived from the marijuana-related business would be considered the proceeds of crime and a violation of the BSA. So, Kevin, how have the new guidelines from FinCEN changed banking institutions' perspectives? Well, the new recent guidelines from FinCEN will now allow uh, finance institutions to enter into relationships with these marijuana-related businesses, providing they follow certain rules and regulations and they abide by certain, uh, what I refer to as marijuana-related businesses, no-nos. There are certain things FinCEN says you absolutely can't do. And, of course, the usual BSA adherence to rules and regulations. So these guidelines still note a number of AML considerations and primarily those that are related to violations of the Bank Secrecy Act. Can you give us some perspective, Kevin, or just maybe um, an overview of what some of the highlights from the guidance are? Well, the new guidance specifically says that if you have a marijuana-related business, there are certain things that you cannot do. For example, the owner of a marijuana-related business must reside in the state in which the business is located. If the business cannot be located on any type of federal property or the where the marijuana is grown cannot be on any federal property. It can't be within any proximity to a school, and that exact distance is dependent upon the individual state's compliance. And any marijuana-related business that is uh, purporting to be a nonprofit uh, organization and they subsequently engage in some type of commercial activity, they could be uh, in violation. And also, uh, the last no-no that they mentioned is any sale of marijuana going to any various criminal enterprises would be a violation. So there really aren't any surprises there. Are there any aspects that seem puzzling to banking institutions, or are there any things about the guidelines that you feel need to be clarified from a banking institution standpoint? Well, I, I think the one thing that, that we have to get through our heads here is whether you, as an institution or as an individual, whether you agree or disagree with the marijuana legislation, it doesn't matter at this point. The fact of the matter is that it is the legislation right now in certain states, and now we have to deal with it. And as such, we have to take our heads out of the stands and, and look at what's going on. And, and, and one of the reasons that we had to have uh, actually, there's two reasons why we need to have involvement with the financial institutions. Number one, a legitimate marijuana dispensary previously was keeping their money under a mattress or in a back room in, in the safe or somewhere on the property because they couldn't deal with the financial institution. They couldn't put it in a savings account. They couldn't put it in a checking account. They couldn't send a wire transfer. So what do you ultimately think is going to happen to these poor guys when the bad guys really bad guys, found out that there's thousands of dollars on the premise. As, as law enforcement, we have told people, businesses time and time and time again, don't keep a lot of money on your premise. Because if you do that, that's just an invitation for a robbery. And the fact that we were sticking our heads in the sand about that 
it is just a prelude to some really bad things happening to some people. So we, we, we must allow them to do some banking. And the second reason for that is, you know, don't we want to know who the players are? You know, if we don't allow them into the system, then we never know who they are and what to deal with. If you allow people into the system, then you have their names, you have all sorts of beneficial ownership and transparency. You know who the players are, you know what they're dealing with. So it makes more sense to allow them to have access to the financial institution as long as they abide by the various BSA regulations and the, and the additional regulations. You've also noted, Kevin, that SARS, suspicious activity reports for marijuana-related business activity, should be classified in three ways. What are those three ways? Right. FinCEN has said that uh, there's, they want any marijuana-related business, uh, SARS, to be completed on the transactions. And uh, there are going to be three types of SARS. They're called a marijuana-limited SAR, a marijuana priority SAR, and a marijuana termination SAR. And to explain each one of those, a marijuana limited SAR would be completed uh, if after the financial institution has completed their due diligence and has determined that the marijuana related business does not violate any of the priorities listed in the additional guidance and there's nothing suspicious or odd or unusual about anything they're doing. So in other words, pretty much any normal transaction at a marijuana-related business will always get a SAR, and that's called a marijuana-limited SAR. The marijuana priority SAR, that will be completed by the financial institution if the institution believes that one or more of, of the policies have been violated, and either the special policies or any normal red flag that you have for any other business. So you do a marijuana priority SAR. And the final one is a marijuana termination SAR. That's in the event that your finance institution determines that they don't like the relationship they're in. Maybe they find it too suspicious. Maybe they couldn't verify certain things. Maybe the due diligence didn't come back the right way. So they want to exit the relationship with the marijuana customer. So they do a marijuana termination SAR. Further, FinCEN suggests if they do a marijuana termination SAR and the bank is aware of the Next bank that the marijuana business may be using, so please do a, complete a 314B and advise the next bank of what's been going on or the potential illegal activity that you thought was going on. And the usual timings for the SAR are the same, uh, 30 days and 90 days. So that doesn't change at all. And so, Kevin, before we close, what final advice do you have for banking institutions that are interested in providing services to marijuana-related businesses but just are concerned about some of the AML risks? Uh, I, I think the best advice, leave your personal opinions at home. Just deal with it strictly as a business deal. You do the same due diligence and or enhanced due diligence that you would do on any other business. The only difference that's going to come out is just abiding by a few additional regulations and completing SARS. And I don't know how long FinCEN will keep up that uh, do a SAR for every single transaction. That may be just be done for the first few years, maybe until they get their solid ground underneath them. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of concerns about the history of who deals with marijuana, which is why I'm sure they want to get as much transparency as they can. Other than that, I mean, this is, uh, it really shouldn't be, cause much problem for the banks at all other than just do your due diligence like you normally would. Kevin, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate it. Again, we've just heard from AML expert and consultant Kevin Sullivan. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.